On June the 13th, 2007, a mother of two daughters crept into their bedroom at 2.30am. She carried out a frenzied knife attack on 16-year-old Davina and 13-year-old Jasmine. She was a mom consumed with jealousy over her ex-husband's new lover. She sought terrible revenge by killing their two daughters. This is the story of Rekha Kumari Baker. If you do end up liking, please subscribe. Now, Kumari stabbed her two daughters a total of 69 times in the city of Streatham, which is in the county of Cambridgeshire. She used kitchen knives that she purchased from the retailer Asda for around £12, two days before the crime took place. And it appeared these knives were bought specifically for this heinous act. Both girls died from multiple stab wounds to the chest. During the trial, the prosecution suggested that Indian-born Kumari butchered the girls in a bid to destroy the happiness of her ex-partner, David Baker, who at the time was 45. David was a successful businessman and he was happy with another partner. Kumari Baker, on the other hand, had just been ditched by her longtime partner Jeff Powell and she then quit her waitressing job. This indicated that Kumari herself had actually moved on from David considering they were divorced in 2003. Now, during the trial it was revealed that Davina, who was the eldest of the two, was often at loggerheads with her mother. She was living with her father at the time but on the day of the incident she was lured by her mother to go on a shopping spree. Now, after the crimes took place, psychiatrists examined Kumari Baker. They concluded that she was not depressed, there was nothing wrong with her, and that she was responsible and she knew what she was doing when she committed this crime. Dr. Hadrian Bull said that if there was anything wrong, if he had to diagnose her, he said that she was suffering from a mild form of depression. He said this was known as mixed anxiety depressive disorder. He said this was a common condition that didn't need any special kind of treatment and it could have been brought on by troubled circumstances. Essentially, he was saying, look, you're going through some shit. Just deal with it. There's nothing wrong with you. He said that these troubled circumstances could have been a long marriage breakup, a job loss and financial difficulties. On the day of the murder, she was examined by an expert in depression who found no signs of mental illness, Hadrian Ball said. However, another psychiatrist, which was found by the defense team of Kumari Baker, said he thought that she had been in an abnormal mood state and with a serious neurotic illness. Again, Dr. Ball to this said, this is nothing new. These were common, didn't require any specialist treatment. And this kind of condition would not be classified as an abnormality of the mind and therefore meant that her responsibility for the killing was not diminished. Now this is all relevant because the jury heard that she was going to mount a defense of diminished responsibility, essentially claiming insanity. The prosecutor suspected that she would argue that she is suffering from an abnormality of the mind, which would make her guilty of manslaughter, but not murder. Now during the trial, Mr. Baker, the ex-husband, said that relations between his wife had soured. When they were together, the relations soured when he met his then new partner, Candy Cone. So they had broken up, he found someone else, and that's when their relationship became really toxic. Remember, at this moment in time, 
The divorce was amicable, they were fine, but the moment he found someone else, that's when Kumari went crazy. And no matter how much David liked it or hated it, him and Kumari would always be bounded together simply because they are children. Now the court heard that there had been disputes over the children following the divorce and David moving on with other women. Kumari's main concern was the amount of time that her two daughters would be spending time with whoever David's partner was. David, when speaking about the last time he had seen his children, he said he laughed with Davina about her new uniform at a new job she just got at Pizza Hut. He said on the day of the murder, Jasmine had come upstairs to say goodbye to daddy and then both girls went with the mother to the shopping centre and again, this was how the mother got the girls to her house. Davina usually spent the weekend at her father's house after her mother had thrown her out. During the trial, David said even though the two daughters didn't really live together, they got on really well. Davina was the outgoing kind. With Jasmine, she was shy, she was reserved, she was the intellectually excelling. During the trial, businessman Jeff Powell also made a statement. He said that though Kumari was a good mother, the relationship between them two became quite oppressive when he told her he did not want to be with her anymore. Police officer Jennifer Johnston also said that when she arrived at the house on the day of the murder, Kumari seemed quite calm. The police officer said, the scene was all I could think about for the next few days. Kumari was very calm. She wasn't upset. She wasn't crying. She was very quiet. After the crime had happened and before the police came, Kumari told the police that she went for two drives and during these drives, she tried to commit suicide but when the police examined Kumari's body and the car there was no signs of any kind of suicide attempt. The jury was also read out a series of text messages in the weeks and days leading up to the killing. There was a text message between her and Mr. Powell. This was when Mr. Powell confirmed to Kumari that he was leaving her. The text message asked Mr. Powell to reconsider his position and Kumari confessed her undying love for him. However, on June the 11th, two days before the crime, Kumari said, this is the last text message I'm ever going to send you. The court also heard from Davina's friends from her college. One of them said that Davina's relationship with her mother was completely fine. In fact, it was said that Davina sent a text message to her mother saying, thank you for the shopping trip. I'll never forget it. I always love you. Her friend, Stephanie Neal from college, said her and Davina would regularly sneak out so they could smoke and on the weekends they would drink alcohol. Eventually, on September the 22nd, 2009, Kumari was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum tariff of 33 years. Now you guys know what I'm like when I read these crimes. I say as it is, I speak from the heart. What the actual blue fuck is this? There's nothing I can say right now that you haven't already thought yourself or that you are not saying right now. So fucking what? That David moved on. So what if Jeff didn't want you anymore? Are you not seeing the common denominator here? Two men leave you, one person. Maybe you're the problem. I think what actually happened, I think what happened is that she didn't want to be with David anymore. Okay, they got a divorce. No problem. Again, David didn't want to be with her. But then, David, good businessman, had money, good relationship with her daughters, getting any girl he wants, right? Her though, she's working as a waitress, she has a, I guess you could say a 
uh, a fractured relationships with her daughters it seemed maybe they were getting on but there was also some issues it seemed right she looked at david and she thought wow his life has actually gotten better without me whereas me i feel alone jeff doesn't want me he doesn't want me like what you know and then so she was jealous like the definition of jealous right and then she goes and she does what she did and bro for the life of me yeah i'm not 40 yet and i got a few years left but by the time i get to 40 and 45 if i'm ever in this kind of state where i'm depressed and i feel like taking the life of other people let alone my son or future kids if i have any then y'all have the right to smack me in the face maybe that's what she needed maybe she needed someone to say oi shut the fuck up fix the fuck up what is wrong with you you're 40 years old how are you this callous how are you this stupid and i think the jealousy is also confirmed by the consistent excessive number of stabbings one stab two stab three stab four 69 times between the two of them now imagine this imagine you're in a situation where you want to go and attack someone you love physically attack right you might think about it and i'm sure we've all done it whether it's the person you love or your brother or your sister or whatever oh, i'm gonna kill them metaphorically you're pissed off right you don't mean any of that shit yeah but sometimes you get angry and you're like huh, whoever pisses you off all that's completely fine as long as you internalize it but imagine actually carrying it out so you get the knife from asda you go towards your doors you have every opportunity to stop she doesn't stop not once does she think oh I love my daughter, what the fuck am I doing? You know, drop the knife, put the knife away, forget about it, move on. Maybe, maybe her being so deluded in her mind that when she had the knife in her hand and when she's in front of her daughters, maybe that could have been the wake-up call. You know what I mean? That that light bulb moment. Oh, shit, what the fuck am I doing? And then, you know, put the knife away and be like, okay, okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. I don't want to do this. Worst comes to worst. You know what I mean? So there's nothing else I can say that I know you haven't thought of already. So... 33 years as a minimum tariff, I think it's just a legal jargon. It seems she's eligible to be released when she's 72 years old. I say whether she's 72 or 102, don't let that bitch out. Thanks for watching.